0: Welcome to Radio Tamboa, an outreach of ACFA, the Africa Center for Apologetics Research. ACFA equips God's people for the defense of the faith, biblical discernment, and cult evangelism. Let's begin today's message. Today we open up the Word of God with the revelation of John in Revelation chapter 2. If you would turn your Bibles Revelation chapter 2, we would uh, like to read the first seven verses to hear what the word of the Lord says. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your toil, and your patience, endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil but I have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and are bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. But I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember therefore from where you have fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Powerful words from the Lord himself to John the Revelator who is writing to the church at Ephesus. You might notice already that uh, the Apostle John commends the efforts of the believers in this church. Not only are they patient and enduring under hardship and persecution, not only are they committed to the teaching of the word of God but there is one thing that he brings out that is of concern for each one of us today the fact that the believers at Ephesus are discerning believers men and women who know how to tell the difference using the word of God between who is a true apostle and who is not in verse 2 he says but you have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not and you have found them false Why is this extremely important for you and I today? We live in an age today, or if you would call it the apostolic age, where so many believers have a hunger for apostolic leadership, apostolic teaching, and apostolic ministry. We hear so many Christians today saying that unless they are ministered to by an apostle, they cannot fully experience the fullness of God's grace. We have so many people coming up, identifying themselves as God-sent apostles, and quite often proclaiming messages that leave any serious believer wondering, is this really a true apostle of the Lord? But of course, at the back of all this confusion, the question we need to be asking today is, are there even apostles today? It is one thing to talk about true apostles or false apostles, But it's another thing to actually ask ourselves, are there apostles today? And if they are, what is their purpose actually? If we even go back to the foundation, who is an apostle in the first place? And thank God we have uh, a lot of uh, evidence or a lot of information that we can lean upon, especially as we open the scriptures. A good place to begin with would even be the gospels themselves where we first find the word apostle. A case in point would be Matthew chapter 10, where Jesus calls the disciples and designates them as apostles. And one of the first things you notice right away is that there are so many students following Jesus. There are so many disciples following Jesus. And we are told that he chooses some and designates them apostles. What does that tell you? That not everybody can be an apostle. Number two is that the decision of who becomes an apostle and who doesn't actually lies within the very jurisdiction of Jesus. So somebody cannot wake up one morning and say, "Uh, I feel I am called to be an apostle or I just like to be an apostle because there are many after all. We notice from the scriptures that it is Jesus who chooses the apostles and sets them apart from the rest of the people in the crowds that follow him. In fact, when you look at Mark chapter 3, you notice that Jesus chooses the apostles after he has spent a night on the mountain in prayer. So this is not just a calling that one gets because they feel emotionally driven to become apostles. This is not an issue of democracy where you say, well, the majority think I should be one, so based on the majority, I now declare myself an apostle. No, Jesus spends the night on the mountain in prayer. And under the leadership of the Spirit, he chooses some, sets them apart, and designates them as apostles. But also if you look at Acts chapter 1 from verses 21 to verse 26, this is a passage where the apostles gather together and they are considering finding a replacement for Judas who was one of the apostles before his death. And Peter does not mince his words when he describes the criteria that should guide the choosing of a replacement for Judas. Listen to what he says. Therefore... It is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from John's baptism, from the time when Jesus was taken up from us, for one of these must become a witness with us of the resurrection. If we can back up a bit, please, look at what Peter is describing here as a qualification for an apostle. Number one, he says, That the kind of person who will replace Judas must be one who has been with us from the beginning of Jesus' ministry all the way from the time of John the Baptist to the time when Jesus was taken up. So historically this would have been a person who was among the people who witnessed the ministry of Jesus. So when somebody today stands up and says, I am an apostle, especially ranking himself with the apostles of the first century, basically you should look at him very strangely, because he is claiming that he is more than 2,000 years old. You notice that an apostle must be somebody who was there physically during the time of Jesus, and witnessed the ministry of Jesus. And of course you will agree with me, we do not have one as old as that. So, secondly, we have another criteria that Peter puts here, which is described or defined in terms of the purpose of the apostolic ministry. That this person is being added to the number so that he can become a witness of Jesus' resurrection together with the apostles. So what is Peter saying? That the apostles were called and set apart To become witnesses of the Resurrection of Jesus. And by witnesses, we are not just talking about somebody who reads about the Resurrection and what happened, and then he says, yes, I can also tell you really the Resurrection took place. No, we are talking about men who not only walked with Jesus in his lifetime, but saw him die We are there to witness his life after the resurrection, and therefore can attest and indeed say, Jesus is risen, not because we had a story about his resurrection, but because we even saw him, we chatted with him, we touched him, we encountered him, we were ministered to by him after his resurrection. So if somebody claims that he is an apostle today, he is equally claiming that he was there and with his very own eyes, He witnessed the resurrection and the post-resurrection ministry of Jesus among his people, which you and I agree that that would not only be illogical, it's not even possible. So we find that according to Peter's criteria, apostles were a designated group of people set apart by Jesus himself with the purpose of witnessing to the ministry of Jesus and climactically of his resurrection. The apostles were called to be eyewitnesses. In fact, when you read Acts chapter 5 verse 32, the apostles uh, we are told that Peter and the other apostles stated that we are witnesses of these things and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. What about when you come to 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 1, the apostle Paul says, Am I not free? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? Paul himself is saying that he is an apostle because he has seen the Lord Jesus. And as you well remember, Paul had an encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus and he could confidently say, I qualify to be an apostle because Jesus encountered me, Jesus revealed himself to me, Jesus called me to be a witness of his person, of his power, and of his ministry. In other words, being an apostle at its foundation would in itself mean that this would be somebody who has witnessed Jesus and therefore can confidently tell us who Jesus is and what he has done and what this means for all of us today. Not only does the Apostle Paul say that he also had an opportunity to witness Jesus, but in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 8, he also claims that he was the last person to see Jesus. So what does this mean? What is the Apostle Paul actually saying when he says that he was the last person to see Jesus? He actually means that he was the last person to be designated an Apostle and anybody who claims to be one beyond the Apostle Paul is being conjectural, wishful, and at once living in fantasy. But secondly, now we know that the Apostles were called, chosen by God, to be eyewitnesses of the ministry of Jesus. But secondly, we also notice that Apostles were specifically set apart for the purpose of laying the foundation of the Christian faith and Christian doctrine. You read Ephesians chapter 2 from verses 19 to 21, and the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Ephesus says, that consequently you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people, and members of God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. Now we know there are several ministries that the Holy Spirit has brought into the church. There are a number of people gifted with different gifts and some that occupy offices like the office of the pastor, the office of the teacher, the office of the evangelist, But do you notice that when the Apostle Paul talks about the foundation of the Christian faith here, he says that the foundation of the church has been established on the prophets and the apostles. Is it possible that he forgot about their pastors and evangelists and teachers? No. He intentionally is helping us to understand that there was a unique role, particularly for the apostles and the prophets, and it was to set the pace to lay the foundation to become a pillar of Christian doctrine and faith. And of course, if you well understand what building a foundation means, you already know that nobody sets up a foundation more than once. And what this means is that the apostles laid the foundation for the Christian faith once for all, And therefore, anybody who claims to be an apostle today, essentially is also saying that he is trying to lay a foundation for the church in his teachings and witness, which would not only be impossible, but is actually unbiblical according to the words of the apostle Paul. Again, we are reminded by Jude as he writes in his letter when he calls the Christians to contend for the faith. And there is a key word he uses there when he says that I honestly urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. He is very careful to say that this faith was once for all delivered, meaning foundation has been laid once for all, the faith has been given, it is complete, it will never be added on, it will never be changed. And if the foundation has been laid, then it leaves you wondering, when somebody today comes and claims that he is an apostle, which would essentially be meaning that he, in his teaching, he's laying the foundation. What kind of foundation would he be laying? Is he saying there is something lacking in the Christian faith that has been handed down to us by the apostles, and therefore he's trying to fill the gaps? And as a good Christian or a Bible reader, you already know that this would not be true. The apostle Paul again reminds us that Jesus... Uh, there is a sense in which we find people who are called apostles in the new testament like for instance when you read second corinthians chapter 8 verse 23 you read philippians chapter 2 verse 25 we find people like epaphroditus also called apostles of the churches and there are many christians today who are quick to read these verses and say you see paul and the first disciples were not the only ones called apostles After all, there were many other people who were called apostles, including Epaphroditus. But again, a careful reading of the scriptures will soon show that while people like Epaphroditus are identified as apostles to the churches, the word apostle could actually mean more than one thing. We have apostles in a sense that Jesus set certain men apart to occupy and fulfill or run the office of the apostles. But we also have apostles described in a sense of the sent ones. People who are sent to proclaim the gospel, especially in areas where it has not been. People who plant churches, there is a sense in which you could identify them as apostles in a sense that they have been sent to proclaim the gospel and plant churches where they are not. But they are not apostles in the primary sense that Jesus specifically called them, set them apart to lay the foundation of the Christian faith and doctrine. So with that said, what are we to make of apostles today? And as uh, we have heard from the scriptures, the immediate conclusion we really should be making is that why anybody who claims to be an apostle in a sense of the first twelve apostles is not only a liar, but a false one. In fact, when you read Second Corinthians chapter 11 from verses 13 to 15, the apostle Paul describes men like that. And he says that for such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And he goes on and says that, And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Their end will correspond to their deeds. At the time of the writing, the apostle Paul is contending with men who had infiltrated the church at Corinth, and were calling themselves apostles in the rank and at the status of Paul, and we are actually undermining the credibility and message of Paul, claiming that they were super apostles more than Paul. And Paul is saying such men are actually false apostles, deceitful workmen. And he goes ahead to remind us, especially when you read First Corinthians chapter 15, When he talks about Jesus after his resurrection, revealing himself to a number of people, even to the number of 500. And the Apostle Paul once again reminds us that he was the last one to experience or to witness the Lord Jesus Christ in his post-resurrection experience. Reminding us that anybody who comes after the Apostle Paul, claiming to be one of the apostles, is a false apostle and a deceitful liar. You also notice again that uh, John the revelator himself especially in Revelation chapter 2 verse 2 where we had read he had already reminded us that not everybody who claims to be an apostle actually is it is very very important that we remember people don't become apostles because they said so they become apostles only if their apostolic ministry and office is backed up by the teaching of scripture and from this perspective we already know that the only true apostles were those that were actually designated or set apart by Jesus during his life and his ministry. But we are also told, especially from the letter of 2 Peter and uh, Jude's letter, that the apostles always called the believers to follow after the apostolic teaching, not to look forward for a future apostle. While in our days we are being told about a new apostle who recently came up, and he has a new and recent revelation that he has for the church, interestingly you will find that the apostles in the first century always directed the believers to listen, to obey, to believe what the apostles had already given to them as God's word. Not what revelation would come in the future, but what was already penned down. The special Jude keeps reminding the believers saying, remember what the apostles said. He's not saying, Keep in mind what the future apostles will say. No, no, no. He's saying, remember what the apostles said. Past tense. What the apostles have already said. What they have once for all laid down as Christian teaching or doctrine or faith. And that's what we are all called to be. So in conclusion, we are saying that, An apostle or a true apostle, as defined by the scriptures, number one, must be an eyewitness of the person, of the power, and the ministry of Jesus Christ. Number two, we notice from the evidence of scripture we have surveyed that there are no successors to the apostles While we have evangelists coming up, while we have more pastors and elders being ordained in the different churches, especially when you hear Paul's instruction to Timothy about ordaining elders and deacons, we do not hear any instruction from the apostles that Timothy or Titus or any other person needed to ordain more apostles. There were no successors whatsoever. We have noted that there is a sense in which people today could be called apostles, but that is not in the sense of occupying an apostolic office, but in the sense that they are being sent out, they are planting churches, so you could as well call them church planters. You could as well call them evangelists who are taking the gospel to the unreached. They don't really have to be called apostles, especially if that word will result into confusion as to who an apostle really is. This becomes especially very important for us as Christians, and more particularly the church in Africa, where so many people believe that unless you get ministered to or you listen to preaching from the apostle, you cannot really be blessed. I am here to confirm and affirm to you, as a believer, saved by our Lord Jesus Christ, that you do not need the ministry of an apostle in order for you to have a relationship with God or to be blessed or edified. Whatever we need for salvation, whatever we need for edification as believers, whatever we need for sanctification as believers, has already been laid down by the apostles. We have it in Scripture as the very Word of God. Do you need guidance on how you can serve the Lord? Go to the Bible. Do you need guidance on how you can grow in maturity? How you can have personal fellowship and corporate fellowship with one another? The Scriptures are very clear. Are you confused about how you can live your life as a believer in this broken and sinful world? You come to the word of God, not to the apostle, not to anyone else. Because all you need for salvation, all you need for the whole of your life as a Christian, we have it in the word of God, the unchanging truth of God's word that has been given to us once for all. Unless you follow the teaching of God's word, Unless you are discerning enough to know that those who claim to be apostles are actually not. The chances are very high that you will be led into error. And indeed we have seen many whose faith has suffered. Who have been abused and misused by people who call themselves apostles and are not. And my encouragement to you is that you turn to the word of God. For in the word of God you will find life. May the Lord bless you. To learn more about the Africa Center for Apologetics Research, visit us at africanapologetics.org.